Welcome to Indie Beauty Radio with your host, Rachel Whitaker, founder of the Indie Beauty Delivers community. So, we have Rachel at Dunsey here, who is the founder of My Room. How long has My Room been going for? I've just been on your website. Have you redone that recently, your website? Uh, so we're in the, we're in the process of a big rebrand, which goes live in about two weeks. So there's some elements of it starting to sneak through on the website. So that's why it looks a bit different. Um, but it'll change quite dramatically in a couple of weeks. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. excited. So my room in its current guise has been going for two years, almost to the day. Um, prior to that, I ran another company called Myru, but everything changed when we relaunched two years ago. So the only thing that stayed was the name, which is my Roo is my nickname, so it, it was quite personal to me. And we had a little bit of brand equity in the name as well, so we kept that going. And so prior to that, it was a natural skincare company. So I've been in the industry nine years. Um, so I ran Myru as a natural skincare company. I freelanced for a cosmetic pharmacist for five years formulated for other skincare companies, all sorts of bits and pieces all in and around cosmetics. Um, and then we launched two years ago and was like, I need to stop messing around doing consulting and things. That's not what I want to do. I want to be a skincare brand. So yeah, we're two years, two years old. Wow, my goodness. And um, award winning, everything else, we can go on your website. Three triple award winning, is it? Oh, a bit more than that now. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Um, just so, just to put it into context, because we've got um, a range of um, brands uh, as part of the group, and some of them are not entirely sure yet where they're going um, as far as market is concerned. Yes. So you both sell online, and you have a strategy for retail, don't you? Yes. Yeah, so we, we sell direct to consumer and then we wholesale to, oh, I think we've lost Karen. Or she just All right, she switched her camera off. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we sell direct through our website and then we sell through a combination of retail routes. So we sell small independents and spas and beauty therapists um, and large retail as well. Yeah. Excellent. Hi, Steph. I've just seen, I've seen we've got on as well which is cool that's brilliant great now i was chatting to rachel before um you guys came on and um she has um yeah cool karen no problem um she has confidently declared there is no funding that she's not done <laughs> <laughs> oh no someone's gonna catch me out now <laughs> what i'm gonna do is um because i've got everybody muted at the moment just so that when rachel's speaking it's easier um if you want ask a question stick your hand up in the chat box or write it in the chat box and I'll, and I'll read it out but if you just say you've got a question I'll unmute you um, so that you can join in because um, I'm going to let Rachel sort of run with it and, and tell us basically what she's done and how she's done it and, and what was successful etc etc um, yep. and I will jump in and I'll monitor the chat box Rachel and I'll pick up anybody who's got any questions so okay, I think I can see, I can see the chat box as well so. yeah do ask, do ask lots of questions, lots and lots, because we'll all get bored of the sound of my voice for the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. I've got a cold today, guys, so it's really, really nice not to have to do the speech. <laughs> <laughs> <Yay! laughs> Over to you. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, so I, we've been going um, two years. So in its, in its previous guise, I didn't make my money from selling products. I made my money from consulting. Um, so really, when I started my Roo as it is now, was when I needed needed to make money from it. So um, it needs it needs funding in your business. You even if you've got little pots of money here and there to scale a business costs. Unfortunately, Karen was just talking about having their toxicology reports and your packaging and all of these things. Building a team, having the support you need around you, all unfortunately costs money. And while there are things you can do on a shoestring and you can. You know, you can manage things carefully and beg, borrow and steal. Ultimately, if you want to grow and scale a business, you will need money behind you. Um, so the first the first port of call is a rather unpleasant phrase, which I don't like at all, but it often gets used in investment circles. Um, 
as in an investor won't really look at you until you've explored these routes of funding. And that's friends, family and fools, which I think is just a horrible phrase. But basically, people who love you and want to see you do well, so your friends and family, and then fools, i.e. anyone you can trick into letting you have some, <laughs> some money. A horrible, horrible phrase. But basically, friends and family are often the very first port of call. Uh, how many of you tapped into those already? We've been quite fortunate. We've had some bits of help from family along the way. And in the early days where you're just getting going, that can be quite a useful, a useful way just to keep the business moving. I totally, totally understand that not everybody has access to that at all. Um, and, you know, that, and hands up to people who manage without those sources of funding. We were fortunate in the early stage to get a little bit of a little bit of a, an oomph um, from Bank of Mum and Dad. They gave me a bit of money to get going, um, and I'm eternally, eternally grateful for that. Um, if you haven't got access to that, there are still lots of other options available to you. Um, but in the early stages, you don't want to go, for my money, you don't want to go hell for leather straight in for big debt and big equity and investors and that sort of thing. I think there's sort of a period of learning that's really, really useful that you want to do, basically bootstrap everything. Um, because in the early days, you can get a bit giddy and a bit carried away, um, and it's very easy to burn through the cash in those early stages. So if you haven't got the cash, it forces you to focus, to look at what's really important, where you want to spend money and where you don't. Um, so it's worth looking at um, lean, the Lean Startup Model. It's a book, Rachel, I'm sure you're aware of it. Um, I think it's called, the, I can let you have the proper name after race. I think it's called the Lean Startup. I think it's just, just what it's called. And that talks about getting your business off the ground on very, very little money. So you get to market lean without spending lots of money and you get to market quickly. So you don't spend lots and lots of money trying to make absolutely everything perfect and absolutely everything because it should be. You get yourself out there and you start selling as quickly as you can. Um, there's another saying that gets banded around that if you don't look back at your launch version with slight embarrassment, you launched too late. And I know now I look back at what we went live with and the website and the packaging and that sort of thing, and I think, oh, gosh, look at that, you know, but we're two years on and we're evolving and we're learning. So in the early days, bootstrap, spend as little as you can to get as much bang for your book as you possibly can. There will then come a point where you do need money um, and, you know, yeah, marketing costs and trying stuff costs. So, you know, testing Facebook ads costs a lot of money. Um, testing different advertising campaigns costs money. It all, it all costs money. And you have to have the money available to test different different things within your marketing. You're going to need to build a team as you as you grow. Um, now, that might not actually be members of staff. That might be freelancers that you work with. Um, it could be any number of different things, but you'll, you'll need the money to scale. Working with big retailers is amazing but they have a lot of hoops that they make you jump through, and that can cost money up front as well. So having, having some money in the bank will give you flexibility um, to do those sorts of things and to take opportunities that you might not otherwise be able to afford. Um, I, I don't know all of your personal setups, but my husband has now joined me in the business. So our business is now, uh, you know, our, our mortgage and putting food in front of the kids and hopefully ourselves <laughs> is dependent on the business um, so we we have to have money in the business to pay ourselves it's not an option not to and um, there's no one else bringing the bread home so I just scribbled down a list of the, the ways that I've done it so I actually funded the first 12 months of my business through competitions um, a variety of different different things that I did um, but primarily pitching competitions um, Actually, let me rewind before I go through all the different routes. They've all they've all got one thing in common, and that is to secure any of these routes of funding. So, friends and family aside, because they'll give it to you because they love you and they want you to succeed. All these other routes that I'm about to go through will require you to know your business absolutely inside out. So, there is not one of these that you will successfully get if you don't know every little thing about your business. And knowing your numbers, I'm sure Rachel's banged that home as well. It's, it's 
tedious, it's hateful, we don't want to do that, we want to make lovely smelling products in pretty boxes, but knowing your numbers is absolutely crucial. Um, and that's true even if you're going to enter competitions and pitching competitions. Um, so I would, I would heartily recommend that you all hone a 60 seconds pitch. Um, it, it, if you can't describe your business in 60 seconds, then you need to look at what your proposition is. It's probably not tight enough. You probably haven't nailed your market. It's not an issue. It's just something you need to work through. But being able to do that 60-second pitch is quite crucial. If anyone's particularly interested in pitching, I'd be really happy to talk through building a 60-second pitch. Um, but once you've got that 60-second pitch nailed, um, and you've got the structure of that, you've got all the little nuggets of what your business is about then. So it's what, you know, what's your USP, what makes you stand out, where you are currently in your business, in the process of building your business. So are you, you know, pre-startup, pre are you post-startup, are you at your startup phase, how much traction you've got, have you sold already, have you not sold already? So all that information, um, once you've got that bank of information built, You'll just find yourself using it all the time. Um, for the stuff that we've got, we use it underpins all our marketing activity. It under underpins when we go for funding. Um, just about knowing the heart of your business. So the first year of first year business, I funded through entering pitching competitions, um, and I raised fifteen thousand pounds in that twelve months through winning pitching competitions. So I did. I know, and it, it's free money. It's a, it's prize money. Um, so you, you get one of those big comedy checks and you get your photo taken and off your truck and the money's in your bank account a little bit later. It's not for the faint-hearted. I, I get that. Um, and actually, if you'd have told me two years ago that that was how I would raise money for a while, I wouldn't have believed you because it put the, the fear of God into me. It was not my favourite thing. But actually, once you've got that 60-second pitch sorted, you, you become really confident in talking about your business. It's still scary getting up and standing and talking in front of people, but you know your subject matter better than anybody else. So you know whatever questions you get asked, you can answer because it's your business. Um, so those are just a case of looking around, keeping an eye out, Googling, connecting with entrepreneurial hubs in the area because often they get pots of money from sponsors or other local businesses or um, the government or that sort of thing, and they put up pots of money. They vary um, in size. I think the biggest I got was 5,000. Um, I got 1,000. But there's a, there's a decent amount of money in a startup phase. You know, they, they free you up to do a, a project or a piece of work, you know, a 1,000 pounds. Um, sure, none of us have turned down. Um, so um, that was that was very much how we sort of got the business going, got the business running in the early stages. We've got another joiner, have we? Or is that you? Are you just turned your? Is that you, Rachel? Turned your? No. So we've got a ghost. We've got Charlie. Charlie's come in here. Hello. 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 So, um, yeah, and I'm happy I'm, with any of these. If anyone wants to pick up with me afterwards as well and ask specific questions, I'm happy to sort of deep dive into any of these topics. But that that just requires um, networking is great for signing competitions and pitching competitions. So getting out, networking is an art in itself, but finding the right groups to network with, you'll hear about these sorts of competitions and events that are, that are going on. Um, so that's, that's a, quite an easy way to, to raise money. Um, the other is, is grants. So that's free money as well. Um, you don't have to pay it back, but um, it's usually matched funding. So it varies 40, 60, 50, 50. Um, but so if you're putting up five grand, they'll put up five grand. So the downside of that is you have to have some money to match to what they're offering you. So if you're absolutely skint, that's perhaps not, not an option in the early stages. The other thing is, are you freezing, Rachel? <laughs> um, the other thing is um, that it's not worth doing a project that you had no intention of doing 
just to get the matched funding. So if you've got um, some funding to do branding work, and you're like, well, that's amazing, but you're already happy with your branding, there's no point you putting up £2,000 of your hard-earned cash in order to get 2000 matched funding to do a £4,000 project that wasn't on your horizon. Does that make sense? Yeah? Uh, but if you've got some BC projects that you're about to do, so we're doing quite a bit of work about around outsourcing manufacture at the moment, which is exciting but expensive. So we've secured some matched funding for that, and that was 50-50. That was a project we were going to do and we were going to fund ourselves. Um, so they've basically halved the cost of that and the money comes into your bank account um, and it's then yours to, to spend on that project. Um, so we've, we've secured nearly 10 grand, I think, in grants over the last, and this is over the last 12 months for various projects, scaling projects. Um, so those, those can vary from area to area. Um, so it's really worth getting in touch with um, the LEP in your area, the Local Enterprise Partnership. They will have loads and loads of information about what grants are available in your area. Some of them are national, um, some of them are more local. Um, I'm quite lucky I'm in the Leeds LEP area, and Leeds being part of the Northern Powerhouse has got lots of funding coming into it, so we've had quite a few grants available. Um, you'll have to do a bit of digging and find out what's available in your particular area and for what types of projects. Um, and it's interesting what you can shoehorn into different projects as well. Um, I'm quite lucky I've got my husband, so he's in the business, he's much more logical and practical than me, um, so he's done most of the application process for the grant funding. It's tedious, but it's worth it for free money. A few hours of your work filling in a 16-page form in return for a few grand um, has got to be worthwhile. Um, there is a website called House Business, which has got lots of details of different grants that are available. A lot of these are EU funded, so if you've got any projects on the horizon, I would crack on because we obviously don't really know what's going to happen to those sorts of fundings um, in the future. I won't mention the B word, but whatever happens after that, um, these, these grants will change and there is, there is ready EU money available. So um, those are well worth exploring. And I would explore all of these that I've mentioned already, so competition, family, friends, competitions, and grants before you do any of the others. Um, and then there are two main routes, there's equity and debt. So debt is loans and equity is investment, basically. Um, loans, um, there's a number of sources you can get those from. Um, I'll be honest, we've had no luck with getting lending from the bank at all. Um, actually, that's not fair. We've got a note, we've had an overdraft facility from them, so that's not strictly true. Um, that they wouldn't give us a loan. So we have got some debt with them in the form of an overdraft, um, some flexible debt, but, but they wouldn't lend to us. We had a business plan, we had traction, we'd sold into John Lewis and Anthropology, um, and two main high street banks turned us down for funding. So um, at that point, I thought it was game over. Um, but there is um, a number of lenders who are backed by the government to lend to startup businesses. Um, these businesses have all, started, all sprouted up in the last little while purely for this reason, so that the government has put some money up um, to, I don't understand enough about it, but basically buffer for these businesses that if it goes wrong, the government will take a hit. So it reduces the risk for these companies. Um, so we went with um, a company called BES, can't tell you what that stands for now. Uh, Business Enterprise Fund, I think it is. Um, so they have a pot of money specifically to lend to small businesses, um, and they are much more ready to do it. They understand the startup journey. They understand that you're highly unlikely to be profitable for two or three years, um, and therefore your figures aren't going to show you making millions of pounds straight away. And they were brilliant. They handheld us through the whole process. Um, again, like the application form, you will need to know your numbers, your USP, your target market, you'll need a marketing plan, all of that stuff. But actually, those are all really useful exercises to go through anyway. You should probably have those things, 
even if you're not going for funding. So it just forces you into doing them, really. Um, so um, we went with BES. They were brilliant. And actually, we really enjoyed working with them, and so much so that they did some PR on us at the end of the whole process as well. So not only did we get the money, but we got a little bit of um, PR coverage from it as well. I think that I think that all the different lenders there are others. The BEF is the one that we use, and I don't I don't think they're local. I think they're national. Um, there are there are others as well. They all work on the same basis that they're backed by the government, and I think all the details for those are on house the house business website as well. Um, the let again your local enterprise partnership will be able to give you more information about those types of lenders in your area and who a contact point might be. Um, and then finally, um, there's uh, equity, so taking on an investment. Um, for me, that was the biggest decision of all. We've just closed our first round of investments. Um, it's very different to all the others because you are you're not giving away your business because you're, you're getting something in return for it. It is a, it is a, it is a, a business decision. Um, but it's quite emotional when you're a small startup letting somebody else into your into your business. I think you've got another talk next week, haven't you, Rachel, on on securing investment. Um, it's a difficult it's a difficult process, and they will look under the bonnet of your business more than any of those other processes. Um, you need to know you, what sort of investor you want, whether it's somebody you want in the business with you. So you, do you just want their money, or do you want somebody with the skills that you're missing in your business? Um, so um, I don't know, maybe someone, you might get someone who runs a marketing and branding agency, or you might have someone who comes from an accountancy background if you know your numbers are the bit that you're not so strong on, that sort of thing. Um, so it's up, you've got to work out personally what you what you are looking for from an investor. Um, I found the whole process quite quite emotional. Now we're through it and out the other side, it's great and it's, it's been the right thing for us. It's given us a chunk of money that's allowed us actually, actually to be really strategic with the business and, and where we're going next and to plan, um, to test some things um, without you know worrying about running out of money and that sort of thing is really really amazing and we are launching some new products as well which we all know is not a not a cheap thing to do so there's several new products in the pipeline over the next few months as well so by the end of the year we'll more more than have doubled our product range and we couldn't have done that without without the investment um so it's not something to be entered lightly into. If it's something you decide to do, there is lots and lots of support out there. Um, finding investors is not as hard as you might think it is. Again, networking is really important for that. Um, the let, I keep talking about the let, but they've been a really important part of our journey. Of our journey, actually, they've been a great help and source of information. They may be able to point you in in the dire direction of local investors groups. So um, instead I'm from the, the Leeds LEP area, there are several investment networking groups in my area. Some of them are free to go along to, some you pay to go to, um, some charge you to pitch, some don't charge you to pitch. It's a bit like dating where you just, you know, you've got different, so you just rock up in a bar and hope to meet someone who takes your fancy or do you go to a speed dating event, you know? And there's lots of different options available. If you've got other friends who are in business and have taken investment, you could ask them to introduce you to investment groups. Um, but again, knowing your business inside out will be absolutely crucial to that because even at that first date stage, they're going to want to know, you know, so what is it you do? You need it in a, in a nice nugget. You need to be piquing their interest um, in your business. Um, the process can be quite long for investment or it can be quite short and sweet. I've got... Um, quite a few friends who've closed in huge investment rounds in a very short period of time, um, and others if it's dragged on for months and months and months. The shareholder agreement is a meaty document, and obviously both sides have their own interests at heart. So trying to find that happy medium between the two, uh, where everybody's happy, is quite tricky. Um, and there's some difficult conversations to be had as well. It's a bit like writing a will, where you've got to think of all the worst case scenarios of, of what could happen in your business and what will happen at that point. So if you become 
you know, really poorly and can't run the business? Does the investor have the right to take control or, or, or what happens? So there's quite a lot of emotive issues to go through um, when you're taking on an investment. But it is really empowering and you do feel quite grown up. Quite <laughs> <Got> investor. <laughs> Not playing at this anymore. <laughs> um, so um, for me, the, the debt being turned down by the bank was awful horrible horrible process um and really you know not knocks your confidence but when we did get the debt from bef that to me was the most straightforward process the form was long and laborious there was very little emotion with it because even with the friends and family piece you know that's quite emotional they're giving you their hard-earned cash um where this is a business transaction, but they're not only in part of your business, it's just on a loan basis. Um, and and at some point, you know, you'll pay off that debt and you'll be unencumbered and away you go. So for me, me the debt was, was the easiest, I think, of all the routes, uh, the least emotional, the simplest transaction. Um, but, you know, there is, a, there is then a debt sat there that needs to be paid. We made sure that the debt we took on we knew if we had to go back to employment, if the business doesn't get to where we needed to be, we could service that debt um, with salaries and we wouldn't be having sleepless nights. I should point out, I didn't mention that, the loan from BEF that we have is, a, is classed as a personal loan. It's not against the business. It is, it is a personal loan for business purposes. If the business does fold, we're still liable for that debt. It doesn't go away. Um, so that's why we gave some quite careful thought to the amount that we, we borrowed through through um, through BES. So that's worth giving some thought to as well. Um, so yeah, that's that's all the all the different routes that I can think of. I'd love to hear if anyone's got any I haven't explored. <laughs> I'm always up to hearing about other other ways to raise money. Um, it's not it's not easy any of it, and it and as I say, it's the core is knowing your business inside out, and some of the some of the processes are pain in the neck and they're laborious and they're form filling or you know the pitching route is cringy and embarrassing but you have as a business owner got to learn to put yourself out there and and actually the good thing about the pitching route is it raises your profile as well and pitching is a really powerful way to tell a room full of people about your business in a really quick amount of time if you're pitching to the right sort of people um, so the biggest pitching competition I did was to 300 300 people in Leeds Town Hall. Um, I got taken for coffee after that. And so the business was only six months old. Um, and one of the judges on that panel asked to meet me for coffee. And I thought it was just a networking opportunity. And at the end of that coffee, he offered, he, he offered to invest £50,000 in my business. I didn't go with him. It wasn't the right time for investment at that point. But it just shows you the power of being able to tell a room full of people about your business in a really short space of time um, and yeah that's that that is the backbone of all of these I think um, I've repeated myself a bit there but it is it is really really important in my mind and can I ask Rachel the all yeah. competitions that you've done have they all been at a local level or have you uh, done as well have I done £15,000 in pitching you know, from, from yeah. competitions, we would all assume, I certainly would assume, that they are national competitions. No, I don't think so. I don't think so, that's no. That's really interesting that that funding is available in local, in local areas. So all yes. of you have your own local area and yes. that's that kind of money just by yes. having the balls to get up and do it. <laughs> yes. I, now, during that first year of the business, I was on a programme called Entrepreneurial Spark. Um, which is nationwide, um, and that was a that was amazing. Sort of, um, it's an, an entrepreneurial hub. So it's full of other startup businesses. They curate really carefully, so there's no one stepping on your toes. All different types of businesses, but no overlaps. Um, and it's a, mine was in Leeds. It's a, a, a little hub, um, but it attracts the um, what do they call it the the, the the community, the business community are attracted to that hub. So that hub attracted mentors, it attracted investors, and people would send information to the hub. So for us, we found out quite 
readily about events that were going on. So, so being able to tap into that information is crucial. So, um, they were all, I think they were all Yorkshire re mm. region. So I did Leeds, I did York. Did I do my mine have done one in Manchester? I can't remember. It all blurs because I did a lot of business pitching as well that wasn't that was just pitching um not for the money. Because um, I, I to me that's I'm I'm really surprised about that. I'm like, oh my gosh, fifteen thousand pounds for a start. Yeah. That's a, that's an awful lot. Um an awful lot of money. And that as you said is free money. That you've got to have the yes. you've got to put the time and the effort in and you've got to have the balls to get out there and do that. But that's free money. It is. You have another 50 pound investment off the back of one of those pitching companies. Exactly, exactly. That's pretty awesome. I will, I will caveat that, so during that time I've, I've got a mentor that I work with as well, um, and actually Phil, who's now in the business with me, did say, you need to stop pitching and actually now run the business. Yes. So <laughs> I, but but it, what, I, what it did become quite time consuming, it is quite time consuming. So I was doing a one-minute pitch, then I was doing a five-minute pitch, then I was doing a 20-minute pitch. I was writing and practicing different pitches for different audiences, different slide decks, traveling around, going to all these different places. So you do need to make sure you do. I did take my eye off the ball, I think, a little bit and, and almost got, got sort of, I'm pitching again, I'm pitching again, rather than actually, right, this is great, but, but what are we doing with the business and where are we going with the business and that sort of thing. So I would caveat that I was probably fairly extreme with it um i don't i don't know I, through being in that entrepreneurial program i've got a lot of entrepreneurial friends in the yorkshire region and lots of them have raised four or five grand so that maybe is more a more realistic idea of what what you could raise through competitions mm -hmm. but um yeah that they are out there it is just finding the right mm -hmm. place virgin do a great one. Virgin do, um, they've changed it now. So they do the pitch up. So they have the buses that go around the country. You get on the bus and you pitch and you can win a thousand pounds. The pitch, which is a big one. Yeah. If, any of, you, if you're any of you are in Scotland, there's, is it called The Edge or The Edge or? We uh, have a Scottish person, but we have yeah. Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a huge pitching competition in Scotland. I want to call it the Edge, but I can't remember. But if you Google Scottish pitching competition, I'm sure I'm sure you'll find it. And um, a lot of them like the awards are annual, so it's about catching them at the right the right time. Um, yeah. And tell so us what, about because I know that you. Um, I've also been a part of a couple of things that Enterprise Nation have done, and you use funding, or you won funding, not from Enterprise Nation, I appreciate, to do one of the Enterprise Nation... Yes, actually, that's an interesting one. Yes, that wasn't on my list. So, Department of International Trade have money available as well. So, if you're looking at export, um, they paid for 60% of a trade mission to New York for me. Um, again, paperwork to fill in, and um, you have to show in your business plan that export is part of your plan. Um, but yeah, they so they they yeah, I think it's six. I can't remember if they paid forty percent, we paid sixty, or the other way around. But a decent chunk of money. And then I went with Enterprise Nation to New York, which was an amazing, amazing trip, and just so much information. Came back exhausted, just packed full. Um, of information and then they fully funded excuse me fully funded our stand at spring fair this time last year um which was several thousand pounds worth of support now i'm not i don't know if that'll be repeated um they had a pot of money that they had to get rid of or they wouldn't get the pot repeated so they threw it at some of us who were already working with them but you don't ask, you don't get, and they do have pots of money for all sorts of projects. Um, so again, make contact with your local DIT person um, 
again, if you don't know who they are, the LEP will know who they are. Um, yeah, um, and they have all sorts of information and grants and funding and advice. Again, if export is not part of your plan, don't don't do don't go off uh, like Karen's phrase. Don't go off down a rabbit hole because actually it, that can export can you up and take up a whole load of your time if that isn't where you're at yet it's not on your you know not on your plans then park that knowledge for when it is part of your part of your plans but don't i wouldn't go chasing after it just because there might be a bit of money available um yeah yeah that's cool, that's cool. I was making notes through it, so I'm just having a look. I'm throwing open. Has anybody got any questions while I'm going back through my notes? You're all muted, so you'll need to unmute yourself if, you, if you've got any questions that you want to ask. Ooh. I've got a random one. It's not quite about financing, but it will be. Um, but while but while I'm just going back, somebody has asked uh, who's not who couldn't be here tonight. Um, Stella, she just had a general business question, so I'm going to. Just yeah. Um, she wanted to know. She's in startup phase at Real yeah. and she wanted to know what was the most difficult part of your journey as far as reaching your sales goals. Which was the thing, Which was the part that you really found the, the, the most difficult? Specifically to sales goals, or just generally? Well, she said sales goals, but I think sort of generally, what's been the most challenging for you to get where you are? So for me, it was it was a, pers a personal belief journey. Um, so I had a horrible, horrible imposter syndrome, uh, which made the, and the, the pitching I think was my way of fixing that. I, I used to be in corporate land before I had my family. I'd had a really successful career. I'd stepped out of that, worked from home around the kids. And then here I was back again with this idea. So for those of you who don't know, Myru is an allergy and sensitive skincare brand based on my own experiences. And I had absolute belief in the business idea. I didn't doubt that, that the business was right. I had doubt in whether I could do it or not. Um, and that was actually stifling growth. So when I arrived at Entrepreneurial Spark, that was that was my obstacle. That was that was the barrier. I was sort of self sabotaging. Um, and so I started throwing my they, the backbone of Entrepreneurial Spark is pitching you pitch all the time. Bless you. Um, and uh, and so I think I threw myself into that to try and force myself out of the other side. Um, and it's still, it, I think everybody has a bit of self-doubt, don't they? Especially when you're on that business journey, like Karen said earlier, the, the roller coaster where you're just like, oh, what am I doing? This is ridiculous. Um, but it still happens, but it has, it has fixed itself quite a bit. Um, yeah, sales, at the end of the day, sales are what it's all, all about. Well, profit's what it's all about. But you don't get profit without making the sales. I set over-ambitious sales targets in the early stages so we were really lucky because we got john lewis within six months of launch just john lewis leads not nationally but nevertheless i was on a high and then a couple of months after that i got anthropology so i was just convinced that this was it, it that was how things were going to continue and basically everybody i asked was going to take my products and we were off um and that wasn't the case at all um and those big retail accounts are great headline acts, but it turns out that they don't make quite as much money as you thought they might. Um, and so there was a bit of a bump sort of 12 months in. So my first 12 months, we won awards. We won, um, we got Micro Business of the Year Award at the Great British Entrepreneuring Awards when we weren't even 12 months old. So our first 12 months were just amazing. And then the second 12 months were not. So there was a bit of a bump bump landing um, where we sort of re-looked at forecasting and worked out, okay, let's let's be more realistic now. We've got a bit of learning. Um, but the nature of startup is that you're you're learning as you go and you will you will make mistakes and, and you learn as long as you learn from them, then that it, those mistakes are valuable. Um, and I think if you think you're not making mistakes, you probably just haven't spotted this yet. Because they're 
they're there you do you do and it is a steep learning curve but you, you just sort of keep going um and sales sales are better as a study process i know i'm firmly of the opinion um rapid acceleration brings its own issues um study growth is is good <laughs> and i was just thinking um you know, another point I had about the funding, so I'm just going to go back. Yeah. How did you deci decide? Were there specific things that made you decide when were the times you needed different types of funding? Um, so the, the grants were because the timing was right. There were projects that we had in plan that there was funding available. Um, you, would, you would get your projects, sort of, you, you would know, because you're building your business plan, etc., you know what it was, and then you would go out and search to see whether there were. So we keep an eye on what grants are available all the time. So new grants come up um, regularly. So if a new grant fund comes available, we're like, oh, it's for IT, it's not for us. Or oh, it's how are you tracking that, Rachel? Through your through house through house business through house business. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you can subscribe to emails as well, so yeah. that you get you're not having to go and check all the time. Yeah. Um, so that's like. Hey, so just that's seen your client. Are they northern based? The, uh, oh, I think I've just looked at house business. It might be. Yeah, they're quite northern based, but if they exist there, they exist in yeah. different, different names. So everybody should be checking them out. And I know you can get on um, certainly competitions. Yeah. You can get on a on a if you Google it, you can get on an email list where they send you uh, an yes. update the time there's a new competition. So they say there must be something similar for funding. And yes. And that's kind of like yeah. a top tip in your yeah. area, find out who's doing it and get on their mailing list. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um something else then. No, it's gone from my head. What were we saying just before that? Um, we were just talking about, um, so what triggered you to go for the different areas of funding? Oh, yeah. So, so the, the granting Yeah. Um, and so if any funding comes available that's for something we're working on, we go for that. Um, the debt, being honest, we, because we were going to run out of money, so we needed a bank loan to keep us afloat. Uh, and the equity, because we want to scale we need to get the business to the next level and we couldn't do what we needed to do without mm. a lot of cash and mm. um, so we needed some investments at that point mm. yeah mm. oh that's cool right who's the, is there anybody out there who's got questions it doesn't necessarily have to be on funding you have no access, <laughs> you have access to rachel for a few more minutes so ask anything that you're all into silence <laughs> no sometimes i mean i can't believe steph's silent silent and also not visible which is very <laughs> hello i'm not now can you hear me <laughs> i said the meeting was hello i'm actually in liverpool in the hotel so i'm trying to be oh. that's why you can't see me because i'm on my phone <laughs> so rachel can i ask you a question around sales and yes. pitching to retailers really yes in terms of how did you go about that did you get help from that or did you just approach them directly i approached all the retailers directly so i did you? Uh, yeah yeah uh, actually sorry that's a fib john lewis was through a third party and um, mm. so that was through a um a sort of distributor type um organization um that so they did the pitching for me but i had to pitch to them to get on their books if that makes sense no that makes um, sense so I pitched to House of Fraser and Boots and Space and K and Phoenix and uh, probably some others that I can't remember right now. Um, direct contacted them all, all directly. Yeah. Because I'm just, I've just pulled together a presentation to do for pitching to them. I guess yeah. my next question is, how do I take that next step? So it's just basically trying to just contact them and get in front of them and yeah. Yeah, you, you pick up the phone and yeah. you you um, you put your big girl pants on <laughs> because it's slow and it'll yes. take ten times longer than you think and they won't return your calls or they won't return your emails or uh, it, it just is quite painful. That's okay. <laughs> I'm expecting slow. you to do that. <laughs> yeah, um, but you get the odd glimmer. So actually. Phoenix, um, I don't know if you're looking at Phoenix, Phoenix buy, they buy individually, so there isn't a, a head buyer, so actually it's quite a nice one to start with. Um, so some of them, they buy for a couple of local stores, so there's Tunbridge Wells and 
I want to say Winchester, it's not Winchester, today, but a couple where there's yeah. one buyer buys for one. Uh, there's two, sorry. But for um, for most of the Fenix, there's one buyer in store who buys for that store. So it feels, I was petrified of speaking to the head buyer of wherever, messing it up and that door slamming in my face forever. <laughs> Which isn't which is not going to happen. That hasn't been my experience. Actually, there was one experience, but that's a different story. Um, but everybody else has been. Once you've got them engaged, we'll talk to you and we'll give you a reason as to why not or why. Quite often, we find it's not now, um, yeah. and they'll give you a reason why not now. So, for example, um, John Lewis. Um, so. Um, John Lewis Nationwide Beauty Buyer we spoke to and she said your product range is way too small. We need like three times the size that you've yeah. got now. So go away, work on it and come back in 18 months or whatever. So that's, you know, that relationship's there and, and I'll go back to her in 18 months time when we've done that. Um, but the Phoenix ones, it sort of felt bite-sized, you know, okay, so if I, if I stuff up the York, the York one... <laughs> Yeah, I can just go to somewhere else. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so that was quite a nice one to start with. Um, I'm very happy to look through your presentation if you want me to have a look. There, there yeah, that would be lovely. Thanks. There are some set things that they that, that they will want to see. Um, so um, yeah, we can we can pick it up offline if you if you if you want. But they'll they'll want to know about your your team, and you might go, oh, I've got a team, but. You'll realise you have. You've got you've got Rachel. You've got you know you've got logistics support. Yeah. You've got you know you'll have you might have your your friend who runs a marketing company helping you with the marketing. Suddenly she's your your um, non-exec marketing director. You know. Yeah. And um, so it doesn't actually have to be these are people I pay wages to, but it's who is your support team. Yeah. Um. So I want to know where you've got to so far, and if you haven't yet launched, that's that's okay. Um. And actually, I know. Um, some businesses have gone in pre-launch and that's worked out to be the right thing because then um, specifically someone like Boots are quite demanding um, so actually I, I know of one company who went to them post-launch and Boots wanted them to change all their packaging so they had to go back and do it all again um, so, this, so it doesn't really matter where you are in the journey it's, you, you know you can work with, with a retailer wherever you are in your process and I think the biggest thing is just to remember that they are just human beings. I think they're ridiculously busy human beings. Um, there are a lot fewer of them than they used to be, and they haven't got the teams behind them that they used to. Um, but they are just people at the end of the day, and, and in general, they will they will be present to you. The answer may be no. Um, if the answer is no, get a why, because yeah. that's that's so powerful. That's so useful as to why why. Why not? Do you not think you can sell it? Have I got the branding wrong? Do you not think, you know, um, all that information helps you then. So when we pitched the boots, um, they absolutely loved loved it, loved the packaging, loved the proposition, um, but the combination of our price point and our niche made us too small for them, so they didn't think that they had the market that we needed, um, which was fine. And actually, being honest, we weren't really sure boots was quite right for us either, but it was a brilliant yeah. process to go through. So we now know, okay, so actually we're not, we're not big, huge chains. We are, you know, we are more niche boutique department stores rather than, you know, your super drugs and your boots and your Holland and Barrett and that sort of thing. So, um, it's good to find that out, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But it, it, have you got my email address? I think I have, Rachel. Yeah, yeah, yeah if I'm, you sure, want, I'm sure I'm on a list with you, aren't I, somewhere? Yeah, probably. Oh, Rachel, Rachel can let you have it. Yeah. Well, you can ask me on Rachel's Indie, message me on Rachel's Indie. Yeah, yes. we'll do. Yeah, um, I'll happily have a look for you. Brilliant, thank you. No problem. Oh, thanks for your help. I'll mute myself again. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody else got anything that they want to um, they want to ask Rachel before she goes? I'm just going to check on on Facebook and make sure that no one's put any late late entries in. Where are we? No, I think I think that I think that that is it. Wow. Well, I think it's better that we check them down here. I think that is pretty impressive. Thank you very much for giving up your time, Rachel. I no, know. Well, I, I can't get beyond that free money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck at that. I'm stuck at that free money. 
I've tried to put links into the hub guys of all the different things. So the book, um, the entrepreneurial spark. I found the Edge Lucia, which is a Scottish thing. I tagged you in that, so that's in there. Um, plus the Department of uh, International Trade um, and the two sort of northern-based ones that you mentioned. Just so yeah. an example of what we can be looking for in our own area. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the other thing was, oh yes, the, the LEPS, so that's your local enterprise partnership, so you'll be yes. able to those locally, um, but they sound like they're going to uh, be full of all the knowledge. And then they don't really have the knowledge themselves, but they'll be able to tell you who has. Yes. Yeah, yeah. and then also possibly uh, having a bit of a Google in your local area for um, sort of companies who are working with a knowledge of the grants and the pots of money that are available and getting yeah. on their mailing list so that you can be finding out what is there um, and checking every project, so website development, anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, all of it, yeah, there's all sorts of random bits and pieces around, yeah. Yeah, cool. I think that's amazing. Absolutely <laughs> brilliant. Thank you so much. No, no problem. I'm in, if any of you are in Rachel's, what is, what's, what's the one I'm in? Indie Beauty. Uh, we are Indie Beauty. We are Indie Beauty. If any of you think of anything after, just ta put a question in there and tag me and I can, I can help you. That's amazing. Okay, guys, all the links are in the group. I will um, post this recording as well in the next uh, before before the end of tonight. So if you want cool. to watch it, um, and to anybody who is watching it on the replay, um, and you want to contact uh, Rachel, let me know. Yeah, and good luck with all your businesses, everyone. Cool. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. The Indie Beauty Delivers community is a place for beautypreneurs across the globe to network, learn and share. You're invited to join in on Facebook, Instagram and sign up to Rachel's special email group to receive weekly blogs packed full of expert tips. Visit IndieBeautyDelivers.com to sign up.